So today we are dealing with growing increase. I have a note before me which is, is meant to guide me, but beyond the note, I believe the Spirit of God has an intention, He has an agenda, He has something that to deliver. And we just want to download it. We just want to download it. So talking about growing in grace, I love what Pastor Dayton said in terms of you know there are two parts to it: the growth and the grace. Grace speaks of the unmerited favor of God. Is the hand of God getting involved in your life? You know, Psalm 44, verse 3 says, They did not give me possession of their land by their own hand, neither did their own arm save them. But it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance because you favor them. So, when we're talking about growing in grace, is talking about you having more manifestations of God's hand. Literally, God doing stuff for you. Because when we talk about grace, grace speaks about God working for man. Mm. God working for man. So there's going to be maybe, you know, greater expressions of God working for you. In other words, things will take place in your life around you that it is so obvious that there's a force, a supernatural force making people happen. Because there's no way you would have been able to do it by yourself in your strength. There's going to be manifestation the grace of god literally translates into the different aspects of your life your health your finances your business your ministry is going to bring you into a new level of effectiveness and productivity effectiveness and productivity growing in the grace of god i am just so excited because there's going to be boom a generation is about to be unleashed and this generation is not going to be by power, it's not, be, it's not going to be by, ma- by, by might, but it's going to be by the Spirit of the Lord. And when we're talking about the operation of grace, is by the Spirit of the Lord. It's by the Spirit of the Lord. So there's going to be so much of that. And that's why there's a need for us to be informed about how, you know, the, the, the nitty-gritty of this operation, which is grace. Grace is God's preferred method of doing things. Praise God. Grace mm what God prefers. Now, even before the dispensation of grace, you know, you will see throughout the scripture that it has always been God's preferred method. As far back as, is it Genesis chapter 6, verse 8 now, the Bible talks about Noah finding grace. Yes. All before Moses, the, the law was given to Moses, Noah found grace. If you study the covenant that God made with Abraham, which was with Moses, by the way, that covenant was a grace-based covenant. Abraham did nothing to deserve what he got. God came to him and he said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will do this. It was God volunteering to work for Abraham. Hey, hey! God volunteered. He said, Abraham, you know what? I'm taking personal interest in your life. I'm going to make your name great. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be a blessing. And the great nation is going to come out of you. That was God literally, you know, making himself available to assist Abraham to achieve greatness. And that's what this is all about. It's about God stepping into your life. It's about God running your life. You'll be in a car, but really, you are not the one driving it. You are moving Mm. because you are being driven. 
yes, yes. Dynamics will think you are the force behind your progress. But really, there is a force pushing you. Like when you say, yes. you, they say, oh, go, go, it's like literally, <laughs> you will get results that are beyond your intellectual capacity. Mm. Things that are beyond you will begin to manifest. And what this does is that it makes sure you'll be at the right place at the right time. Things we align, time and chance we have praise God where you are concerned. There'll be a jamming of time and chance. Yes, that informed about yes. grace, we call it luck, but you will know it was God divinely in it. I mean, positioning you in a divine way is a divine positioning by grace. So, having said all that, let me break it down. What, how do we grow in the grace of God? For us to grow in the grace of God, we must understand what grace is about. So, I want to start by saying this. The new life, what I mean by the new life is the life of a new creation. A new creation has a new life. We call it Zoe, the God kind of life. is designed to be by grace through faith. Ephesians 2, chapter 8 says it all. It says, for by grace are you saved. So what actually saved you was grace. Grace saved Dayton. Grace saved you midway. Now it was faith that collected yes. you. You are saved by grace. Truth. So the truth is faith. And we dealt with the spirit of faith yesterday. But what got the job done was actually grace. Grace was doing the work. Faith received the work. Grace did it. Faith received it. Now, if grace saved you, that same grace ought to be what you live by. Well, of course, we talk about living by faith. The faith part is just to receive what grace is doing. In fact, faith simply exists because of grace. The whole essence of faith is to take grace. So when we say the just shall live by faith, that means the, the just you know, runs by grace. It runs by grace. It runs by grace. It runs by grace through faith. Faith is the one receiving it, but grace is what is doing the work. So a new life, the life of a new creation is the life of grace. So you've been called to a life of grace. Uh, and I've come to realize that grace makes the best product. So if you allow grace to run you, you will turn out to be the best product your world has ever seen. I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. He said, and the grace which was bestowed upon me. He said, it was not he said, in vain. So I'm coming to that. So that means grace can go to vain. It can be wasted. He said, but I labored more abundantly than they all. In other words, I engaged grace to labor. We are not against labor, but we are saying put grace first. So that your labor will be a labor of grace. Hey, yet not but the grace of God, which was in me. So really, it looks like I'm, in, I'm, I'm involved in labor. But really, it's grace that is doing the work. Hey, more, 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 more. People look at you and say, you are a very diligent, hardworking person. He's like, thank you. 
your office staff, the, you know, your board. I, can I prophesy? I feel an anointing. Everybody will just begin to talk about you in office. They say, wow, that one is excellent. It's outstanding. It's just on another world. But you know, deep down, there is a force behind your labor. Hey! And so the plan and purpose of God is for believers to run by grace. Our labor is a labor of grace. That's what they told you want to say something. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, there's nothing as easy as laboring in grace, really. There's nothing as easy as it. You know, you call for one. It is in that place of laboring in grace that you can call for one and a thousand will respond. It is hmm. that place of grace where you are empowered. And it seems as though you are born on the wings. It, there's moment, momentum is easy when you are born on the wings of grace. And that's just, that's just very prophetic, sir, because uh, in where, what, in, to do the things that God wants us to actually do, we cannot do it in human strength, sir. That's why he said it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. So there are some people that want to labor in their own abilities, or there are some people that are going to do the labor in the grace of God to be able to achieve what God has actually called them to achieve, sir. So that's, that's yeah. it, sir. I often use this illustration. A little kid needs to go to the mall nearby. No, no, no. The father is about to take a walk to the, to the mall nearby. The, 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 the little kid saw him and said, Dad, I want to go. And Dad said, but I, I'm not taking the car. I'm walking. And the child says, oh, I'll walk with you now. But after a few steps, the child is already tired. So he looks up and, and says, I'm tired. And without hesitating, the dad carries the child, put him on his shoulder, and eventually made it to the mall. And people saw both of them at the mall and say, Okay, did you did you drive here? I said, No, we walked here. But really, somebody walked. Only one person walked. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Carried by grace. That's Born what by grace. you want to carry your life by grace. Because that you're gonna get results that are beyond you. That you will know deep down in yourself that if it's by effort, you would have been tired. Yes, sir. But because you allow God to carry you, you got there. Yes, and that's why one of the major components of growing in grace is mastering humility. Because it takes humility to be carried. Yes, sir. I don't know yes. what I'm talking to right now. You are so smart. And God says, will you let me carry you? You are busy. I'm fine. I'm fine. You've been applying yourself all these years. How much results have you gotten? Calm down. Rest in me, said the Lord. Let me carry you. To enjoy grace, to grow in the grace of God, you must master humility. The Bible says it gives grace to the humble while he resists the proud. The proud wants to do it his own way. The humble submits. So God's authority, God's plan, God's strength, God's might, and he gets things done because he's, he's aided, he's carried. So grace is not just what battered you yes, into sir. this new life. This new life is run by grace. Because a lot of people, they got saved by the grace of God, Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace they were saved. The problem is, after they got saved, they started running their life by effort. Wow. The same force of grace that saved you ought to run you. Wow. Anything you are doing in life and you don't sense the presence of the grace of God, 
is going to be stressful. Outside of grace, you end up in stress. You will burn out. You will be. You will. You will be. You will be worn out. And if God is the one that commanded the mandate, He knows that you can't do it by your strength. Yes, sir. His instruction we need is muscle to be accomplished. Wow. Instructions with muscles. If he's the one behind the instruction, then you will need his muscles, not your muscles. He's not going to take your hand, your arm. He's going to take his arm. Beyond sword, you will need the light of his countenance. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's the first thing. And there's no greatness outside of grace. Authentic greatness is made by grace. I am what I am by the grace of God. First, 15, First Corinthians fifteen ten. So let grace make you, because grace makes the greatest product. So let me move to the second point. Oh, Pastor Dixon, you want to say something? No, I will just remember the scripture you mentioned about how God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Um, some people may be experiencing some resistance. In, in progress in their lives when what they should be looking for is the grace of god really so that they can make actual progress you may be expressing some stumbling blocks in life in several projects that you're handling but what you should look for is the grace of god because he always gives grace to the humble you know it's uh, that scripture may sound funny because bible says if you call upon the lord he will in no wise cast away but if you take a position of pride that I can do this by myself, that is when you begin to experience the resistance of the Father. But if you come home, come to his throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace, then he can propel you forward, sir. That's, that's all I just you know, the, the, the pride that a lot of people easily notice is the pride towards fellow men. Hmm. But the, the, the worst pride is pride towards God. And anytime you are running independently without God's involvement, God's engagement is pride towards God and is the worst form of pride. If you are resisted by men, but you are hated by God, you are fine. But to be resisted by God, the scripture actually says God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. The humble allow God to be involved. The proud runs it by himself. At, at the expense of their resistance, they'll be resisted, the Bible says. So let's move to the next point. Grace is always accompanied by God's peace. You know, I, I did a little study and I realized almost every epistle Starts with grace and peace. I mean, is it? In fact, you will see it in Romans chapter one verse seven. There are a bunch of scripture. You better be writing it down. Although I'm going to be giving you notes, Romans chapter one verse Romans chapter one verse seven. It's so interesting. It's like, are you not tired of using this same line to start? I mean, give us something juicy, more juicy. Well, apparently, it can't be juicier than this. Hmm. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, call to the saints, grace to you and peace from God and Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you see? Grace to you. Then the next thing, and peace from God and Father. 
Then, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Go to the next epistle, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. At the beginning of almost every one of them, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 1, verse 3. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1, verse 2. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ Jesus who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 2. <laughs> grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 1, verse 2. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First Peter, now. Maybe you are thinking, maybe it was just Paul's line. Paul, Paul just loved that combination, grace and peace. What about Peter? First Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Peter wrote two epistles. Elect according to full knowledge of God the Father in salvation of the Spirit, forbidance and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. <laughs> second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. The next Epistle that the second epistle of Peter, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Okay, maybe it was just Paul and Peter. What about John? Second John chapter 1, verse 3. <laughs> yeah. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with you from God and the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and in love. Even Revelations once. Let's go to Revelations. You know, this thing is, there's no escape. For, I mean, when it comes to the New Testament, is Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. It said, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Can you see? So grace and peace are lumped together. The reason why there is peace, and I'm not talking about peace between tribes, from between families. I'm talking about you know the 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 the, the, the flow between deity and humanity, because that was disrupted with the sin of the first man. That flow was disrupted. The spirit of man died, which simply means there was a disconnect between humanity and deity. But because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, your merited favor, which has been made available for us through Jesus, who took our place in death and paid the price we could not pay. Now there is peace. We who are once strangers have now been made family with God. The blood of Jesus has guaranteed a peace. So when we say peace from God, he says God is no longer hangry with you. Hey! He's so sad as some preachers, they've not updated their curriculum. They're still using the old curriculum. When God was primarily a joy, but God has moved out of the courtroom and he has moved into the family room. Peace! We are family with God. 
Grace has made peace a reality. Hey, Lakusa Tayaka. I'm not looking up to heaven, waiting for the time heaven is going to strike me because I've done something wrong. I'm looking up to heaven. And what do I see? I see love. I see forgiveness. I see hell. Peace. This is the basis of Christianity. If you don't get it, then you, you don't know anything. Grace and peace. Can you imagine some people are saved by the blood of Jesus, but they still feel, they don't feel safe. They still think it's what they do that qualifies them. Now, in as much as we produce good works, we produce good fruits, we are not primarily qualified by those works. Those are not, we are qualified by the blood of Jesus. The payment made in the blood of Jesus is our qualification. Grace and peace. Grace. Grace and peace. So you can separate them. The grace of God has brought me peace. peace. The reason why you can say you have peace of mind is because that peace is there. The peace between you and God. Because that peace is even greater than your peace of mind. What brings peace of mind is that peace. The reason why believers are at rest is because they have an understanding that God is, in, is, is at peace with them. Pastor hey, hey. Jimmy, you want to say something? Well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I mean, I've been hearing in the background, trying to sort out, and more grace has abundant to my internet. But um, I would say that um, in this next half, every one of us are going to experience a dimension of peace We've never enjoyed. It's been there. That's but as we, as we grow in our consciousness, we are receiving more grace, then that peace begins to abound in every area of life. And you said something, it says peace is not about tribal things. It is something inside. In fact, the Bible calls it a peace that passes all human understanding. Hey. It is supplied from heaven that its root is found in grace. Hey. So this grace is required for this next half and beyond. Hmm. I'm so excited about that, sir. You know, that's why we say the life of grace is the life of rest. Mm. Grace brought peace. Yes. And you can't be at rest without peace. <laughs> grace has brought peace, and I'm at rest. God is not angry with me. <laughs> God is for me. <laughs> God is always working for me because of Jesus. Grace Hallelujah. is multiply so i wrote something down i said i said the grace of god has opened the door for peace in our lives so grace opened the door for peace so we enjoy great peace because we are under great grace hallelujah well sir it's just amazing you know um you know somebody may say that okay what he has said consistently is grace and peace be multiplied to you? So what if I, I, I don't want to receive this peace, really? I'm reminded of Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. He said, therefore, being justified by grace, we have peace. So even if you don't want it to be multiplied to you, you actually have it. It is actually yeah. your possession. It is something that is within your arsenal. It is something that you carry, actually. You may not use it, you may not access it, but you actually have the peace of God. 
I said there may be turmoil. You know, what happened with Jesus at the bottom of the boat when there was storm everywhere? He yeah. was at peace. He was at peace in spite of the turmoil. Hallelujah. That's Praise it for me, sir. <laughs> Do you know what Grace said? You know, when we're talking about Grace, Grace is actually Jesus. Yes. yes. The Bible says the law, I mean, was, I mean, the law was given by Moses. Moses. and truth given by Jesus. And Grace said, when he was living, he said, my peace, I live with you. Wow. <laughs> he said, my peace, I live with you. My peace. He said, there will be tribulations, there will be challenges, but my peace. Yeah. So there is a peace of God, which is so real. It's a reality. Hmm. To be under grace is to have such peace. Hey! Hmm. The kind of peace that makes you to sleep in the midst of a storm. He has left with Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm at peace. Hey, hey! I'm at rest. Grace has made peace my reality. Mm. Peace that passes all understanding is my aspect. Grace and peace. Because a lot of time people miss out on that peace component. For it to be mentioned over and over at the beginning of almost every epistle, yeah. there's something about it that we need to see. We've not seen enough. We need to see it. We need to see it. We need to see it. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. I'm, I'm hoping this teaching we force or we make somebody to go and do a study on grace and peace praise god <laughs> mama the blood of jesus has made peace between humanity and david the word of affliction has been broken down he is yes, our peace hey, hey! he yes, is our peace yes, there's no more you know if you understand this, your spiritual warfare will have direction. Mm. Because can you imagine you are getting involved in spiritual warfare and you don't understand that peace is your right? <laughs> the most, in fact, the Lord taught me several years ago, he said the most important revelation where spiritual warfare is concerned is rest. <laughs> because we fight from the place of rest. Yes, sir. If you yes, don't sir. understand, you know, before the fight, before the fight began, you have lost. Mm. Because we fight from the place of rest. Praise God. God. Okay, let's move to the next point. Grace is based on the revelation of Jesus. You know, from John chapter one verse sixteen, we can see that the law was given by Moses, but grace came by Jesus. So, grace is more than a message. It's literally a person. So, to, for you to understand grace, you must really understand, you must study the person of Jesus because he's the embodiment of God's grace. And that's why you will see scripture like 2 Peter 1.3 that talks about grace and peace be multiplied unto you out through the knowledge of Jesus. Because Jesus is the one that carries grace. The, the, your understanding and consciousness of the person of Jesus is what causes you to enjoy grace. The flow of grace is tied to the person of Jesus. Hmm. Now, look at 2 Peter 1, 3, one more time. I want to show you something. I saw this a while ago and it blessed me. 2 Peter 1, 2, rather. 2 Peter 1, 2. It's a grace and peace be multiplied to you 
in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now, the way is put in King James, it makes it look like, oh, there are two different personalities of God, knowledge of God, then the knowledge of Jesus. Somebody says knowledge of the Father and knowledge of Jesus, the Son. No, the original Greek reads like this. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. Jesus, our Lord. Praise God. <laughs> so he's talking about the same thing. Yes. Not saying God the Father on one side. He's literally saying through the knowledge of Jesus, who is God. Yeah. Grace and peace is multiplied to you. So the your, the more the eyes of your understanding is enlightened and you see Jesus clearer, the more you are bound in grace. Mm. Your grace level is a function of your revelation of Jesus. As you increase in the revelation of Jesus, the level of grace in your life steps up. The consciousness of Jesus. What makes breaking of bread so powerful is that every time you break bread, you, you refocus on Jesus. And the, the focusing on Jesus creates a consciousness of Jesus. And what does it do? It causes grace to abound. Yeah. Somebody has been wondering why communion is so powerful. It's because yeah. it takes the attention of you, it takes the attention of the headache, of the migraine, of the situation you are dealing with, and it takes it to Jesus. We begin to talk about his body that was broken and his blood that was shed. Hey! The focus, yeah. any focus on Jesus, draw grace. Yes. Mm. So there's a multiplication of grace by just focusing on Jesus. Grace is built around the revelation of Jesus. It's how much of the revealing of Jesus that is revealed that, called, that determines how much of grace flow you enjoy. Because grace is more than a message, it's a person. It's still the person of Jesus that causes yeah. grace to flow. That's what you mean, you have something on your heart. Wow, I'm just, my mind is saying, wow, if this is how it is, it therefore means that even giving focuses on jesus because in second corinthians 9 it says that there's something you can do that makes all grace abound towards you so in other words our giving in itself is not it's not primarily from a place of just exchange is a place of acknowledgement of him being our source that's right and that's why a lot of people struggle in their giving because they say i'm giving i'm not receiving because their focus was on the receiving, not on looking to Jesus. So they are more makes grace. Yes. More focus on the formula of giving. Mm. Yes. Yes. And the person. And the person. The person involved, which is Jesus. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, so that that's very powerful, and I think that this is what because for me one of the key things as a believer is effectiveness in spiritual things. So what that means is that now when you want to, so for example, I had to learn, and learned this in King's Word, that when I tithe, before, when I became a Christian, they said, ah, 10% belongs to God, though if you eat it, hmm, something will happen to you. So that was the motivation for tithing. But I had to switch to a point where in my tithing, I take my 10% and I go to God acknowledging him as the source, as the one that brought it to me. And I'm giving it joyfully. No wonder the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. 
the consciousness of this is now what brings returns and results in my life. I'm so excited about this because I believe that what this is doing is also enabling people to understand the dynamics around, because you know the Bible says about Moses that God showed him his ways and to the children of Israel, the acts. When you know the ways, you can always produce the acts. Grace is a person. The more that you walk with him, the more you know how he works, the more the result will be in your life. Let, let, let me move to the next. Oh, Pastor Dito, you want to say something? You can go on, sir. <laughs> uh, the next thing I want to share is what I is this. Grace is a product of God's love and is indicated by mercy. Hmm. Grace is a product of love. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that he gave grace. Yeah. Love. Love was the foundation. And, you know, the product is what? Grace. And there's something you should realize about that product. The product called grace must be initiated by a foreigner called mercy. Because what mercy does is that mercy makes sure that you do not get the judgment that you really deserve. And all I've seen and I've come short of glory of God. So we're talking about the whole human race. What human race deserves is judgment. Yes. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, Moses gave the law. Because the law showed us we are under judgment and we need help. We are, mm. we are, we, 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 we've been found guilty of an offense that we cannot be freed from by ourselves. Mm. So, the first introduction that humanity needs to receive any kind of help from God is mercy. And that's why all through the Old Testament, you will see, I mean, through the ministry of Jesus, you will see people demanding for mercy. Oh, son mm. of David, have mercy on me. In other words, mm. reverse this judgment. Mm. Mm. Reverse this judgment. So mercy comes in to make sure that the judgment we deserve is reversed. So the first thing we need is the reversal of the judgment that we naturally deserve based on our tie to the first man. The first man, you know, on our behalf, sinned. So you don't even need to, comp to, co to contribute to his sin. His sin was enough to place you under judgment. The same way, a believer does not need a performance to yes, be honest this. Because the act of Jesus on the cross of Calvary is enough to justify us. Mm. So don't try to upgrade what Jesus has completed. <laughs> the same way, the same way, an unsaved man cannot, I mean, you know, do enough to get out of the sin, the sin mess created by the first man. So he needs the help of a savior. Mm. But, but the point I'm trying to make really is mercy. Mercy must open the door. Mercy yes. is what meets us at the door. That's why we come, we are coming to the throne of grace, but the first thing we must obtain is mercy before we can find grace. We obtain mercy because what mercy does is that first of all stops the judgment we deserve. Yes, sir. Then we can now find grace, which makes your way get the favor we do not deserve. Yes. Favor, I mean, grace is the favor 
the, the, the favor we can earn, we don't deserve, we don't merit. But before we can get to that, we must first of all stop the judgments we deserve. Yes, sir. That's what mercy does. It stops the judgment we deserve so that we can now have a flow. So, so at the entrance, you meet with mercy that stops the judgment so that you can now partake of the favor. That's all I'll get on. The way you are shaking your head, what do you have to say? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm just thinking about, you know, the scripture that said, God set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Initially, all that was on the table of mankind was judgment. But God has no choice. He has to set a table. So when mercy took away our judgment, all that was available was the riches of his grace. All that was available to man. And there cannot be a vacuum on God's table, hallelujah. As judgment was wiped away, all that is available towards mankind now is the riches of his grace. And I'm reminded of the statement, only fools go to hell because the, the judgment has been taken out of the way. All that we have right now with God is the riches of his grace that we can actually experience. That's the picture that I just saw, sir. That's all that is available from God. To and us. everything stems from the love of God. Ephesians yes, 2, 4. For God who is rich in mercy, great love wherewith he loved us. So love is actually the base. It's the love of God that makes the mercy of God in our ability. Let's introduce us to grace. Mm. Mm. We all tied together. That's why you see scriptures that talk like about grace, mercy, and peace. Because, you know, we, of course, we often say, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, that for by grace we are saved through faith. But do you know, Titus chapter 3, verse 5 says, not according to the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. So that means mercy was present there when you were being saved. Yes, yes. Even the grace you are shouting about, if mercy did not initiate it, you would not yeah. have obtained it. You have not have find it, found grace. You found grace yeah. because you first of all obtained mercy. Obtained mercy. Mm. Mm. So mercy was there when you were being saved. And then really, of course, grace yes. is coming because mercy led yes, the path. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise God. Well, it seems somebody is, is filling up already. <laughs> <laughs> Now let, let's let's move to the next point. Grace is our new curriculum. And grace is literally God working for humanity. God saying, okay, cease from your labor. Let me work for you. And that's what he did in Christ Jesus. Literally, sending Jesus and everything Jesus did for us on earth was a demonstration of his grace. God worked for us and is still working for us so grace is god working for humanity and if god is working for you what is left for you to do is just to do it. Mm. that's why concerning jesus the the only thing that humanity needed to add to that formula was receive he came mm. to his own and his own received him not so their disqualification was based on their failure to receive mm. Because grace has done all the work. Hey, we receive. I receive. That's why one of the most important phrases in Christianity is I receive. I receive. Yes, sir. Because it's all about grace dispensations about God doing all the work. 
a man doing all the receiving. Hey, hey, I receive. I receive. I receive houses. Yes. Of all good things, I receive. Yes. Good and large and beautiful cities. I receive. Oh, Malakota Yakata. I receive. I receive fresh opportunities. As I'm speaking right now, I see angels positioning people for new levels of breakthrough. I receive. Just keep on screaming, I receive. Wherever you are, I receive. Whether you're in Lagos, you're in Chicago, you're in London, I receive. I receive. This is an era to receive because it's about God working for us. And if God is working for us and you fail to receive, you are frustrated his work. So for you not to frustrate his work, be committed to receiving. He said, this is about me working and you receiving. He came to his own and his own receiving not. So it's all about receiving because he's the one doing the work. Hallelujah. Let me touch on this briefly based on James chapter 4 verse 6. Grace flows in the direction of humility. We've on it already. It flows in the direction. You know, it gives grace to the humble while they refuse the pride. The proud brother. Humility creates a gradient for the flow of God's grace. When you say, Lord, I can't do it by myself. I need yes. oh, grace flows. Hallelujah. All this, I got it, I got it. You know, that's a popular phrase in America. Anything, I got it, I got it. <laughs> you, get, you got nothing. God has got me. Hey! Le, 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 le. Hallelujah. Carry me. Oh Lord, carry me, me Lord, in your hand. Just carry me. Yeah. I mean, all those. I mean, somebody needs to repent of all that phrase. I got it. I got it. I got it. Anything. I got it. I got it. God has got me. Yeah. I will. I would rather let God carry me than I got it. I got it. It's a statement of pride. Mm. You know, prayer is actually a demonstration of humility. Yes, sir. And not praying is a short pride. Yes. You are proud. Mm. Trying to do it by your muscle. You are trying to do it by your intellect, by your efforts. And God says, I got you. Mm. Will, you let me, will you let me really, you know, carry you? I got you. It's God's will. Hallelujah. And when you do that, you create a gradient for the flow of grace. Grace will rush into your life. <laughs> And it's the way you can take yourself. Praise God. You understand the grace of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And the next one says, grace must be matched with a willingness to receive in order to avoid waste. <laughs> this is deep. Your commitment to receiving as demonstrated in faith is vital regarding the flow of God's grace. You know, we talk about God having abundance abundance of grace. But you know, as abundant as grace is, your willingness and commitment to receiving is so vital. Because as much as the grace of God is available in a, you know, in an abundant nature, if somebody is not going to take it, that grace is not going to, it's not going to matter at all. So, that's why we say the just shall live by faith. Because the just living by faith is actually the just being responsible. Since God has a reservoir of abundance of grace, then my commitment is to receive it. 
That's why I spend time in the world because time spent in the world is a demonstration of my commitment to people. Yeah. And it's a show of my willingness not to let God's grace, I mean God's grace go to waste. Look at Galatians chapter 2, verse 21. Look at what it says. It says, it says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. So that means grace of God can be frustrated. And one of the ways to frustrate the grace of God is by not embracing the gifts of righteousness. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness is by works or is by God, then Christ died in vain. That's frustrating the grace of God. I embrace the grace of God. I humble myself. I spend time in the world to receive the grace. John chapter 1 verse 16 says, Of his fullness we have all received. So we need to keep on receiving from grace to grace. There's yes. so much, he's so full of grace, but you must be so ready to receive. Second mm. Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1. Let's look at Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1. He said, We then, as workers together with God, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. So, God's grace can go to waste. Put the grace of God to work. Let the grace of God do the work for you. Take advantage of God's grace. And let me move to the next point, which simply says, Rest is the meeting place of God's grace. God gave me this definition a while ago. The rest is when grace and faith meet the kiss. And then when grace kisses faith, no, that's me. So how to get there is right. The meeting place of faith and what grace is where rest. Rest. And the rest I'm talking about is beyond. Physical rest. Oh, I'm going to Bahamas. I'm going to seven star hotel, twenty five star hotel. I don't care. Mm. People are not resting within. Within. The proof that you are resting within is no agitation, no anxiety. Uh, yes. Irrespective of what is going on around, you are calm and cool. Yes, you can sleep. You can sleep in the inner part of the boat, in spite of the fact that your boat is being tossed up and down. No matter what is happening. You are arrested. Hmm. Anybody that know how to locate rest in the midst of the storm will come on top of the storm eventually. Hmm. And that's how faith and grace, and that's how they kiss. Mm. Hmm. And when faith and grace kiss, mm, dominion is the result. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You must, you must allow rest. To locate faith and grace. Rest is the meeting place of what? Faith and grace. I rest. I rest. Irrespective of the doctor's report, of the lawyer's report, of any kind of report in this world, any report in time cannot displace my eternal reality of rest. I rest. I rest in what Jesus did for me on the cross of Calvary. I rest in the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. For people who have asked me more than this, that for a man to lay down his life for his friend, 
the death of Jesus on the cross of Calvary is a proof that God loves me. And I rest in that love. Oh, how can you not freely give me everything or anything if you could give me Jesus to die for my sin? Hey, he loves me that much and I rest in that revelation. That's how you allow faith and grace to kiss me. And when they keep like that, Oh, gentlemen, talk, 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 talk. I'm doing all this. <laughs> I don't know what, what, what else to say. Uh, my mind is just, um, I'm so excited inside and just, you know, because this is empowering for me. It's empowering for me because I'm seeing, for example, in a greater um, sense, you know, where, you know, that the thing about grace and faith meeting together. Grace, what God has done. Faith, man receiving what God has done. And that is where rest is actually located. But said there remained a rest for the people of God. In other words, from God it is settled. He said they did no wonder he said that they did not enter into rest because of their unbelief. Mm-hmm. Because there was no faith present to receive what grace had done, they could not step into rest. Mm-hmm. That's what Hebrews 4 said. I know that. And I love the fact that God described his throne. He said we should approach the throne of grace, not the throne of judgment. A lot of people still have a mind that the throne of God is a throne of judgment, but the throne of God is a throne of grace. And judgment said, is coming later. But this dispensation is yeah. grace. I know some people don't like grace. Mm-hmm. What is grace, grace, grace? Thing? If you want to fast forward to judgment, maybe you can ask God to, <laughs> to, to promote you to that Move class. <laughs> but the class I yeah. mean, and I'm enjoying the class. Yeah. I love the class, yeah. the class of grace. Yeah. It's a season grace of God. grace. A time is coming. That's mm. it's the time to judge the world. But yes. now is the time to receive God's grace. Praise and I'm open with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Pastor Dito, what's on your heart? <laughs> I'm just reminded of what grace said. You know, we said Jesus is grace. We said um, the Lord came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. Jesus is mm. grace. And Jesus called out and said, All ye that labor and are heavy laden, come to me. And mm-hmm. I will give mm-hmm. you rest. Mm-hmm. I will give you rest. So grace is calling. Come yeah. to me. Come mm-hmm. to me. Come. Come. Take my mm-hmm. yoke off. My yoke is easy. My burden mm-hmm. is light. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to help you to carry it. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to help you carry it. Find both grace and faith at rest. Yes. When you at the location rest, grace is there. Faith is yes. there. Mm-hmm. Because they always meet there. Yes, <laughs> yes, Glory yes. to God. So that when people are in faith, we say they are in, they are at rest. When mm. people, then is 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 there is the meeting yes, place. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And the proof of rest is lack of anxiety. Mm. Check your anxiety level. Mm. If you low or high. If you, that's the how we know if you are at rest. Hmm. Do you know science has actually revealed? Medical science has revealed that if you are not sleeping enough, your system will begin to malfunction. Physical rest has that level of impact hmm. on your physical body. How much more your spiritual entity? Wow. If you are not in internal rest, you will not be able to deliver optimally. Yeah. Yes, sir. Worry is detrimental to humanity. Mm. 
it compromises his position. Mm. It exposes him to danger. I'm almost done. Praise the most point, the grace of God extends to and cover everything about life. Don't you love that? That there's no aspect of your life that is exempted from grace. Grace covers all. Man's sufficiency is only in God's grace. God, God's grace is designed to ensure man's total dependency on God. Grace takes away every bragging right from man since it's all about God working and man receiving. Yeah. So grace covers everything. There's no such thing as a part of human life that grace does not touch. That's why we say abundance of grace. That's why we talk about the God of all grace. The God of all grace. Praise Another part is this. Grace targets the weak, the base, and the despised. Hmm. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 and 28, you see scripture that talks about God has chosen the weak things of this world, the base things of yeah. this world. The things that despise in this world. God, you know, in other words, your weakness does not intimidate God. Mm. Your infirmity, your lack of strength, in fact, it, it creates a base for grace. Because when God's when grace sees weakness, it's like this is an opportunity opportunity yeah. to speak. because yeah. this this person is so weak that there's no way I will do something. And it will come to me. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. And that's why, you know, for example, I learned from people that do swim that I mean, that when you are drowning in a in a in a in a, in a body of water, yeah. the professionals rescuers, they will not jump in to save you immediately, because you still have some energy. Yeah. They allow you to use all your energy, and because. <laughs> that person is so dangerous. It will even drag you down. You will drown yeah. with him. Yes. Grace has a way of floating you. And mm. for people that know how to swim very well, they will tell you, relax yourself. Yes. Your body floats when you are at rest. Mm. Just relax. Let grace carry you. Your weakness does not intimidate grace. You know, your background does not intimidate grace. Your past failures does not intimidate grace. In fact, grace loves such records because wow. it's an opportunity for God to show off. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's why God chooses the weakness, the despised things, and the things that are not. Because He gives God the opportunity to be glorified. And Hallelujah. it takes away your bragging rights. Hallelujah. Now, some people want to say, it's myself and God that did it together. What did you do? <laughs> Like the boy that was carried on his way to the mall when he said, I'm tired. Uh, we walk tomorrow. You walk together. No, you <laughs> walked, you were carried. Uh, let, let's look at a few more scriptures before we move to the last point. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Because this particular point is kind of loaded. I felt so many things. Is it not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God? This is grace. Yes. We don't have a mindset of I can do it by myself. 
but rather we have a mindset of God is helping me. And because I'm being helped by God, you will get done. That is it. That's what I call grace sense. Grace sense. Our sufficiency is not of ourselves. Not to think of anything as being from ourselves. But our sufficiency is from God. I have a grace sense. Then let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. The three scriptures are, I mean, there are three scriptures I want us to look at and it's in Second Corinthians. It says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Can you see all grace? So God has grace for different departments, for different aspects. And is able to make every kind of grace abound towards you. So that you now having all sufficiency as a result of what he made available to you in grace. You will have all sufficiency in all things then you may have an abundance for every good work. In other words, you'll be productive, you'll be effective. You will get results in the different aspects mm. as a result of God's grace being made available unto you. All kinds of grace. And then the last scripture in 2 Corinthians is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. 2 Corinthians verse 9. said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect. In your weakness, in other words, your weakness does not intimidate my grace. In fact, mm. my strength finds full expression in that your state of weakness. The therefore, I will rather boast in my families. What a revelation! In other words, <laughs> when I'm aware that I'm not capable, I get excited because I know there's a power of Christ resting upon me through grace my you know my exposure to grace makes mm. infirmities you know immaterial mm. once I hit their infirmities their weaknesses but i know my exposure to grace brings forth the power of god it rests on me and that's why it's very stupid not to allow grace to run you yeah nothing runs you well like like grace mm. The last thing I'm going to share with you tonight along this growing grace is what I call the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness must be received along with God's grace in order to maximize God's provision. Romans chapter 5 verse 17 is a perfect scripture for this. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. It says, if by the one man's offense referring to Adam, death reigned to the one. In other words, death was introduced through Adam. It's a much more those who receive, not receive, who, are, who received past tense, there is a receiving of what? Abundance of grace. Then the second component of the gift of righteousness. And that's what results in reigning in life through the one Jesus Christ. You want to dominate through the power of Jesus. He said there are two gifts you must receive. And it's so sad that the devil has made the gift of righteousness to be unbelievable for so many saints. Mm. The gift of righteousness. You have been gifted with righteousness. In other words, your standing before God being right is not a function of you, but rather is a function of a gift that was handed over to you through Jesus. What Jesus did is your qualification for your right standing. I stand right 
The reason why I'm so bold when I'm talking to God and I have no sense of condemnation or no sense of judgment is because I'm aware of the gift that has been handed over to me in the death of Jesus. Is that new motion was made to be seen that I that was born in sin now can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus as a gift. For with the earth, man believed unto righteousness. My faith in Christ is what gave me that gift of righteousness. And it says continually, make sure you are receiving abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Why do you have to receive continually? Because you deal with life in such a way that there will be an opportunity to feel condemned, to feel unworthy. So keep on receiving grace with the gift of righteousness. You receive it. Lord, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That confession is you receiving that gift afresh. It's not a, a one-time yeah. receiving. You receive it in your consciousness. You remind yourself that you have been made right by the blood of Jesus. Not by your act, not by your performance. Not because you've been nice, but because of Jesus' sacrifice. He said you must receive that gift continually. You must let that gift dominate your mind. You must allow your mind to be renewed by that gift. Alongside with the fact that there's abundance of grace for you. You must marry both to reign in life. So true dominion by grace must involve the gift as a revelation. So until the church masters righteousness as a gift, the church cannot dominate as your yeah. Romans chapter 5, verse 21. Ah, what a nice. What nice. Hey, Romans chapter 5, verse 21. Romans chapter 5, verse 21. He says, So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life. Isn't that interesting? He said, This is the question. The mm. dominion through grace must be routed through righteousness. Is a grace reign yes, through righteousness? Can you now see why verse 17 says abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness? So there's no such thing as I believe in grace, but that righteous thing about you know I'm the righteousness of God. I have a, I have an issue with it. I know grace of God is available. Now grace can only reign, can only produce dominion when righteousness is in this equation. So for you to actually have the dominion created by grace, you must be routed through righteousness as a gift. Then you will produce the God kind of life to eternal life. In other words, yes, you need to have results that resemble God. The God yeah. kind of results. You will literally manifest that life everywhere. But it takes the revelation of the grace of God and there is a revelation of the righteousness of God that can be come. You marry them together. Then you produce mm. union. It reflects that. reflects that God can be here. In this place. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. I've been doing a lot of talking. Gentlemen, talk. <laughs> I think... I mean, the, the talking is great. I've enjoyed myself so much, <laughs> drowned in it. And and for me, I think that the lesson is to 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 go back over this and take it bit by bit again. You know, I have six months to feed on this. You know, <laughs> the thing about the Word of God is that it's it doesn't expire. It's new every morning. 
Amen. And so I can, because there will be days you wake up and that consciousness of righteousness is what is needed in that moment. Now it's supposed to be continuous, but hearing this why one of the things that has been there, the practices Reverend has spoken about is that practice of staying in the word. In fact, it speaks about this word dwelling richly on the inside of you. And I, be, I, I see more now. Of course, you know these things, but I see more now because you can't fully express all that God wants you to express without the seed of the word and the flow with the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. So this has been amazing for me. My own is just, let's, let's, let's receive. Let's receive. Second half of receiving. Praise God. You know, Acts chapter 20, verse 32, sum it up. And I commend you to God and to the word mm. of his grace. Praise which is able the word of his grace, which is able to build. Yes, sir. Is able to build you up and give you what is yours. Yes, sir. are sanctified. So it's, it's possible to be set apart, but not have what is yours. Mm. It takes a revelation of the word of his grace to yes, be sir. built and to have what is yours. Yes, sir. God forbid yes, sir. that you go to heaven and realize there are a bunch of things I should have enjoyed on that, but you missed out on it. Because you are still working with an outdated syllabus. Mm. You did not have your curriculum updated. You are dealing with God as if you lived during the time of Moses and Aaron and Joseph. After Jesus had come, you refused to see Jesus. Mm. You are still working with Elijah and Elisha and the rest of them. <laughs> and those ones, they were all pointing to Jesus. To Jesus. And yeah. now Jesus eventually come. And you still find it because to see him. Let the word of his grace build you up. And let him give you. That's how you grace. Praise God. You know, grace gives you an opportunity to grow without pressure. Mm. Because it starts you from the place of you're already perfected in it. You already accepted yes. it. You already have everything you ever need. Everything that happens to life and God in it. It now allows you to walk your way <laughs> no, fully yes. well that maybe have all, and it lets you know that now it's time to start bringing forth fruit. But beyond the fruit you are bringing, the sacrifice of Jesus is worth for the price. For you, it's worth for the price you to accept us. Yeah. Uh, wow um you know i'm just thinking about how to maximize um the things that you have shared the past few days and including today because you know as the father over the house um, one of the benefits that we have is that you bring a word in season you know sometimes we just have to focus and follow um follow our moses hallelujah you know, follow the person that is in front of us because as we follow and then we can be sure that there will be none feeble amongst us. We're not going to be subject to the, um, the storms in the desert. We'll not be subject to the wild animals. We'll not be subject to the wars, you know, as we follow our Moses. 
So as we take this word in season for such a time as this, and we feast on it, refuse distractions, just feast on the word in the house where God has placed us, because God is the one that placed the solitary in families. In this family, as we feast on this and take this in and give this focus, our diet is ensured, and then we can indeed have a great half of exploits. So that's what I'm planning now. Okay, what's what's your strategy? What are the things that I'm going to begin to do? I mean, I'm already beginning to think, where are the places that I have actually allowed anxiety to slip in just a little? How can I resist it forcefully with the rest that I actually have? How can I resist it forcefully with the, with the peace of God that I actually have? Because I have been justified by grace and I have peace. So what is that storm that is closing on, closing in? No way. No way. If Jesus could wake up from the boat and say, peace be, if grace could wake up from the boat and say, peace be still, yeah. I'm not going to allow any storm, any in any area. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I'm just going to feast in, in the word for the season, the word in the house. And that's it for me, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, sir. Let, let's go ahead and have communion. We're going to have communion. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Remember, communion is about Jesus. We thank you. The body that was broken for us. And the blood that was shed for us. We participate in this. Wearing you on our mind as our consciousness. Knowing fully well that you are our peace. Knowing fully well that in your death and your resurrection, Everything about our lives was settled. Now we receive our eternal values, our eternal realities, and we impose it on time, even as we receive you. There's somebody you have a throat infection that are being healed right now in the name of Jesus. If I got to me, all manner of sicknesses are being healed right now in the Amen. name of Jesus. Long term, short term, curable, incurable. Right now. In the name of Jesus. the world. Let's Praise go ahead and honor God. We've been giving literally every day. We're going to give today again. Let's, let's honor God. Let's honor God in our giving. Let's honor God in our giving. Wherever you are, you can give using any of these platforms, whether you're in the US, you're in Europe, you're in Africa, you're in Africa, Nigeria specifically, you may use the GTB Bank. PayPal works for people in Europe. It also works for folks in Africa too, I realize. And of course, if you're in the US, you can give by Zill, by Ted, by Remember, when you give, make I think we should do the confession again, our confession for the month. Yes, it's so powerful, it's so powerful. And everything for church and the new church throughout the month, make sure in every of your gathering that confession is confession. After the count of three. One, two, three. I declare and that I'm empowered to win this new half of the year. 
I'm equipped by God for every situation and I'm protected my body is I'm old and full of life not I have on common opportunities in this new season. I see here. No, I'm a candidate for Angels are on the to ensure my situation. I am My mouth is the one of life. And faith is not built on the top of this world, but on the power of God. I life by the that the Spirit My life is because I'm increasing in the language of Christ, the wisdom of God, lives within me. I the secrets of God, and I have access to the hidden wisdom that God has ordained for my glory. I walk with the wise who I cannot be destroyed. I look at what is protected in my life and in life transforming discipleship. We are helped by the Lord because God commanded for us. Indeed, taking the very spirit in my discipleship for the Lord. My second half of great experience is to walk in my God-given capacity, to return, to revert, and release all that God has given for me. My season is of ordinary breakthrough in the name of Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Spirit be your experience. Amen. This yes. second of 2021. Amen. As you leap into all that God has for Hallelujah. you, Hallelujah. you have supernatural advantage in all Amen. in the Amen. name of Jesus. 